Hey everybody, welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. Now it's been a week and a few days since the election that sent Donald Trump to the White House and Hillary Clinton into defeat. Now everybody was expecting, including me, I even expected Hillary Clinton would win. Mine was not so based off the polls, mine was just based off the Electoral College. Well, I was proven wrong. Donald Trump did win states that are typically haven't voted Republican in a number of years. Now, he won the states that he needed to win. He won Ohio, North Carolina, and Florida. But he somehow flipped the blue wall for the Democrats. He won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin hasn't voted for a Republican since 1984. Ronald Reagan was in the White House. And Michigan and Pennsylvania hadn't gone Republican since 1988. So it has been some time. But the real purpose of this podcast is to talk about the Democratic Party and how they're in such disarray now. Now, remember, it was only just weeks ago we were talking about the Republican Party, how the Republican Party was in disarray. And it looked like Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And then James Comey decided, after further evidence presented himself, they found... Um, a laptop that belonged to Uma Abedin and Anthony Weiner, her estranged husband, who was a former congressman. And they found additional emails related to the Hillary Clinton investigation. So they decided to open up that investigation. And then within about two weeks, he decided not to charge her with anything related to her handling of classified materials. Now, many Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, believe that was the one singular act that elected Donald Trump. Had James Comey not decided to reopen the investigation, her uh, election would be assured and she would have been their president-elect. But if they go by that, the Democrats are missing the point. And Donald Trump won in states that typically have voted Democratic, and he won those blue-collar white workers typically with just a call, excuse me, a high school diploma. But the, the same part of that is these are the same voters that voted for Barack Obama in the last two elections in 2008 and in 2012. The question that needs to be asked, and this is where Democrats need to really look deep and hard. I would have said the same thing had the Republicans lost this presidential election, but that's not the case. They have now have the White House, they have the Congress, and they have the Senate, and most of the governorships across the country are in Republican hands, as majority are the state legislature. And the importance of that, that's where you build your bench. So the Republicans have a deep bench for future elections, and they're young. Well, the Democrats are, do not have a deep bench, very few governorships, they don't have, I mean, they have some senators, but most of their leadership is old. They're in their upper 60s into their 70s, which makes a big difference to recruit other candidates because everything was prepared for a Hillary Clinton win. And the big mistake I think they made was after 2012, they cleared the path for Hillary Clinton to assume the presidency. And by doing that, they forced everybody else out, and which come back to bite them. Now, once they found out about the server, when she declared, when, once it was declared that she had a private server and a private email account back in March of 2015, there was the opportunity to maybe get other candidates. But 
they didn't and they put their horse behind her and now they're reaping the whirlwinds about that. But the Democratic Party keeps going back to that email. They keep blaming James Comey. Now, in detriment to James Comey, it wasn't his fault for Hillary Clinton having a private email account to conduct government business. It wasn't James Comey's fault for her having a private server in her home to conduct all government business where classified material was found. And it wasn't James Comey who decided to intermingle the Clinton Foundation with with the State Department. And a lot of her aides worked at the State Department, the Clinton Foundation, and a subsidiary of the Clinton Foundation, Teneo Holdings. So if you're going to put the blame, that has to go on Hillary Clinton. But this goes far deeper than just um, the email scandals and the Clinton Foundation. This is goes where the direction of the the, um, the Democratic Party has gone. When Barack Obama took office in 2009, after being elected in 2008, he embraced big government, a big progressive liberal program. And by doing that, and the biggest part of that was Dodd-Frank, the stimulus, but really the signature issue of the Obama administration is um, Obamacare. And because the passage of Obamacare, that sent the Republicans in a massive um, electoral win where they gathered over 60 seats, the largest one single one um, switchover in about 70 years. So the Republicans took the Congress in 2010. President Obama won again in 2012. And then he, they, they, the voters repudiated Obama at the polls again in 2014, where they gathered the Senate. And now the presidency is in Republicans' hands. So they can look at James Comey, but they really got to look at the ideology of the Democratic Party and how far left it's gone. Even during the campaign of 2016, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth, I mean, um, and Hillary Clinton they went further even left than President Obama had taken the country. And Hillary Clinton kept talking about Obamacare and how I'm going to expand it. Well, people now, as of June, um, November the 1st, are seeing a sharp increase in premiums, deductibles, co-pays, the price of prescriptions. All these were supposed to go down. Even President Obama at the end of October said most of every Americans are going to receive a 25% increase in their premiums. Well, this is a sharp contrast to what he has stated on the passage of Obamacare. Premiums are going down. You get to keep your plan if you like it. You get to keep your doctor. All these proved false. A lot of states are now down to one provider, as many of the healthcare providers are pulling out of the Obamacare marketplace because they suffered hundreds of uh, billions of dollars in losses. I'm, Hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars in losses. It just is unsustainable. Again, let me repeat that: not billions, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in losses, and some close to one billion dollars. It just is unsustainable. It's just the way it was set up. But would further antagonize and force these once Obama voters to vote for Donald Trump, who's the polar opposite of the president, was low job creation. Even though the unemployment report came out last month, I mean, excuse me, last week, showed 161,000 jobs being created, unemployment rate dropped to 4.9, which should put us at full employment. But in that job report, more people are working part-time. More people have second jobs. 
the labor participation rate plummeted for the second month in a row. So we have more, less people working now than any time since the mid-1970s. So you have more people out of the workforce to well over almost 95 million people. That's a lot of people. And then you see stagnant wages. Now, this isn't just a reflection against the Democrats. This is a reflection against the establishment Republicans as well. And Donald Trump fought against both those two entities. But if the Republican, excuse me, if the Democratic Party is going to survive, they need to embrace these issues. Because the leadership of the Democratic Party is Nancy Pelosi, who is the minority leader in the House, and now Chuck Schumer, who took over from the retiring uh, Senator uh, Harry Reid in the Senate. Chuck Schumer comes from New York. Nancy Pelosi comes from California. And there are two areas that are far different than what's going on in the Midwest, the Rust Belt states. And a lot of these people think the Democrats forgot about them. And some of the things that they have done have not benefited them. They've, the Democrats have embraced big government. And it's not efficient. We saw that with Obamacare when they did the um, Affordable Care Health the website rollout. was an utter disaster, and it's still been a disaster. Then we saw what happened to veterans. Now, these individuals aren't conservative. They didn't embrace the Republican ideology, but what they did embrace is what Donald Trump was selling. He can bring jobs back. He really railed against the establishment. And with the server issue and the Clinton Foundation, and which intensified that with the um, WikiLeaks revelation, showed how the system works. And it just appalled people that they say one thing and do another. And one an example is education. They talk about quality education, but their kids still go to the most decrepit schools in the country, while the elites, and this is referring to the Democrats, send their kids to private school. So all these things play into that. And so the Democratic Party is in a crisis right now, and they're in disarray. Is what direction do they go? Do they embrace what has gone on before? And this is what Hillary Clinton pushed through the election. We want a bigger government. We want fa paid family leave. We want green jobs. We want infrastructure spending. We want a major increase in taxes on the wealthy. So the question then becomes, what was different from her plan than what President Obama did and didn't work after eight years? And then there's this continual theme of attacking business. And this is what the Democrats have to come to grips with. Their plan in the last eight years especially under President Obama and continued under Hillary Clinton, was a redistribution of wealth. Their whole plan is a redistribution of wealth. That's what Obamacare was, a redistribution of wealth from those who pay to, the, <coughs> to those who don't. And these are <coughs> this is the challenge the Democrats are going to have. They need to embrace a pro-growth ideology, a pro-growth plan. The last Democrat to cut taxes was President John Kennedy. He understood how things were made. I mean, and that's why he cut taxes and the economy boomed from there. And it's too often the Democratic Party is, let's tax the wealthy, let's overregulate business, let's put these costs in. We saw that with Obama um, with Obamacare. We saw that with Dodd-Frank, which is the financial protection reform to curb the big banks. And all they did was kill the little banks, the commuter banks, the, cons um, 
the community banks that loan to small business. Small businesses can't get off the ground. There's more small businesses leaving the economy than coming in. So all these things play in. And then you've seen this idea. I have a, a friend of mine who um, is liberal. I see her, you know, I get her stuff on Facebook. And this is what permeates to the Democratic Party is this white privilege, meaning that, and Hillary Clinton said this on the campaign, there's an institutional bias of racism in white America. So if you're just a, a, a blue-collar worker with just a high school diploma, you hear that, that just because you're white, you're racist, but you voted for President Obama in two elections, it just didn't square. And they see their communities and towns, jobs fleeing overseas, but yet you've got individuals, which they t- the term they're called is the limousine liberals out of San Francisco, New York, talking about climate change is the greatest national security threat. So you want to end, as Hillary Clinton has said, we're going to end coal as we know it. But then you're a coal worker, you work in the, the energy sector, and they want to end your jobs. And all they say is, well, we'll do better. We'll get you some job training. But there's no jobs in there. So what are you going to retrain me in? So this is the things that hasn't squared with the, um, the Democratic Party. And going back to the political side, they just keep going back. And it's going to be a mistake if they keep blaming James Comey. Because every blue-collar worker who voted for Donald Trump, again, I'll repeat this, they also voted for Barack Obama twice, saw the email scandal the server issue, and the Clinton Foundation as a huge problem. Because as somebody who's been in the military, and I was not an officer, I was enlisted, if I did even a smidgen of what they did and her staff, I would be in Leavenworth, Kansas. So this resonated with people. They just saw a two-tiered system. One for the elites is one standard, and another standard for basically the peasants, for everybody else. So... The Democratic Party has to understand this dichotomy, and not one prominent Democrat spoke out against Hillary Clinton's use of a private server in email and what she did with the foundation. All they saw it is as a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. This was clearly some issues, so they shouldn't put this on James Comey. Now the question for the Democrats is, where do they go from here? Do they move further left? Do they come and embrace the center? Where are they going? But and that's to be seen because right now there's a um, there's a fight who is going to head the uh, Democratic National Committee. One of the leading contenders is Congressman um, Keith Ellison of Minnesota. This guy is a very progressive, very liberal, in the same model, and maybe a little bit more left uh, liberal than Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Bernie Sanders is a senator from uh, Vermont who ran for election last year, and Elizabeth Warren is a senator from Massachusetts. He's very liberal, very deep ties to radical Islam and the nation of Islam itself, but he has a very progressive ideology. So if they embrace that and go that direction, they're going to have some problems because their leader, like I said, is Nancy Pelosi from California, and it's going to be tough to get rid of her or at least replace her because she's a very pro- prolific fundraiser. And these are some of the things Democrats have to, but she comes from a very liberal uh, district. And her district is three or four times, makes three or four times more than some of these rural communities because the person who's going to challenge her is Congressman Tim Ryan, who comes from Youngstown. 
He has a very rural, blue-collar, the traditional Democratic voters have nothing in common with this white, um, liberal, progressive ideology who pushed this stuff. So it'll be interesting. And he's young. He's 43. And that's the other problem the Democrats have is their leadership is old. They're in their upper 60s and early 70s with Nancy Pelosi being 77. The other senator is Senator Chuck Schumer. He's now the minority leader replacing Harry Reid. But he's also from New York. And he has deep ties to Wall Street. So that doesn't square with the young, very liberal progressives, millennials, who are just appalled at that. They want change. And they just see the Democratic Party not bringing them that change that they need. So it'll be interesting to see where they need to go. And the Democratic Party, as much as they maybe not admit it now, because it's still only out fresh after the election, their leadership needs diversity. They talk about being a diverse party, but they just put up old white people where the Republicans had 17 candidates of diverse backgrounds. They had a female, they had an African-American, they had a lot of diverse back, but they also have some young congressmen, senators, governors coming up, or the Democrats, they lack that diversity, and they're very centered in the coastal regions, California, Oregon, Washington, and New York in the Northeast of the East Coast. So they need to change. And then the other thing is, even some of their younger leaders, like they were touting, is um, Corey, Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, Julian Castro, who is the runs um, health and not health and human service, or, um, HUD, which is urban development. And but the difference is, and this is a problem, is they all come from government. None of them have, or very few of any of them have anything outside of government. So to the rural communities, they just see them as part of Washington. No matter how much they spin it, they need to get a diverse background. It's just like during the campaign when they ran against Hillary Clinton. There was only two other candidates, Martin O'Malley, lifelong government worker. He was a former governor of Maryland and mayor of Baltimore. And then there was Jim Webb, who was a Marine, served in uh, Vietnam, has the Navy Cross, and was Reagan's deputy, excuse me, um, Secretary of the Navy. But it was interesting when they did the... um, National Security Album at the Democratic National um, Convention. Uh, General Allen and um, Leon Panetta, who is a former defense secretary, and Barack Obama gave up in the speech, and the Democrats booed them, saying, no more war, no more war. And this is where being a veteran, and I look at both parties, but more so the Democrats, is we believe the Democratic Party just doesn't understand what veterans go through. The whole VA scandal really rankled the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats, the Republicans, not Republicans, sorry, it really rankled veterans. The scandal's been going on for two years and still no change. And we're like, so what do you do to take care of veterans? Everybody voted for the war in Iraq, but now everybody distanced themselves from that vote, but the veterans are the ones still going through that. And this is what veterans are tired of. So, and again... This is where the Democrats are going to have to change. They're going to have to embrace not just the liberal element, but they're going to have to go back and get the centrist, the veterans, business leaders. They need to embrace business leaders who have who've actually done something. But for some reason, the Democratic Party has something against business owners. 
And then the big damage is, which needs to be addressed, is Barack Obama. And he had this trip across. He went to Greece, Germany. Now he's going to be heading to Peru this weekend. And he's like, we need, we need to be the party of big ideas. We just didn't go big enough. He's kind of putting the blame to everybody but himself. He's the one that put a big liberal ideology in the House, the Democrats in the House and the Democrats in the Senate went along with it. And then there was Black Lives Matter. They never distanced themselves from that. They've always embraced that. And so the rural Americans who are very traditional, law and order, see you know, these young people, Black Lives Matter, creating um, violence in these communities, destroying property. And that goes into, after Donald Trump won, these millennials didn't like the vote, so they're out there protesting, damaging things, causing destruction, throwing bottles and bricks and rocks at the police. And President Obama just recently stated that everybody has a right to voice their opinion when he could have said, hey, enough's enough, accept the, the election and move on. So these are some of the things. And President Obama, since he came into office, he had the largest Democratic majority throughout the country and in the Congress since the mid-1970s. And since then, they've lost 900 legislative seats. They went from 29 governorships down to 15. They had the House by a wide margin, lost it within two years. They had the supermajority in the Senate, a veto-proof majority in the Senate, and they lost that. Now they lost the, um, the presidency. And with the presidency, so goes the Supreme Court for a generation at least because now the Republicans, Donald Trump, can pick who he wants to replace Antonio Scalia, who died in February. The conservative judge was 4-4. Now they can put a conservative to replace him. And if anybody else goes, you know it's going to be another conservative for that position. So the Democrats are in disarray and they need to, get, need to adjust to reality. But if they keep following the same path, they're going to ex, uh, receive the same elections results that happened in November, that happened in 2014 and 2010. Again, if you get the chance, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. I'll keep you doing these updates. Also, if you get a chance, go to get my book. It's, an, it's called The New Business Brigade. Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans and the Untapped Resource They Represent. You can get it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can order it online. It's a bestseller. If you get a chance, go to Ubaldi Reports on iTunes and Stitcher. Let me know what you think of this podcast and other podcasts and see if you agree or disagree, and I'll put the questions out on my next podcast. Tell me what you want me to discuss or research, and we'll do these podcasts around that. But keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. We're the voice of the people, and we're the voice of America. So keep listening, and let's challenge Washington to do the people's bidding. Again, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.